0: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for daily devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. Uh, Happy Monday morning to you all. I hope you are all very alert and excited and ready to continue on our journey uh, here at Redeeming Life Fellowship as we've been leading through the New Testament throughout the course of a year and uh, as we've been following through the Gospels and going through the Pauline Epistles and yesterday, Sunday, Jesse gave us an, a wonderful introduction on Corinthians, and, or not, not Corinthians, what am I talking about? Colossians chapter 1, um, so that means today, Monday, we're going to be jumping into Colossians chapter 2, and uh, if you haven't met me yet, my Dan, I'm a teaching pastor here, and we're going to take a journey, or continue through, uh, and try and develop some of the themes that that Paul addresses in a book like Colossians, uh, which is uh, a very rich book and especially uh, very important for its contributions to what you would call like a high Christology. Now, what do we mean by a high Christology? Uh, Christology, generally speaking, refers to answering the question about who is Jesus Christ, not simply Jesus. As he's referred to historically as uh, Jesus of Nazareth, um, you know, a first-century Jew uh, in ancient Palestine who lived and who died, um, and depending on what it is that you believe, whether or not he rose again is another matter. But uh, that—that's who we think, of, how we think about who Jesus is. But rather, uh, if you're thinking about Christology, you're wanting to ask questions not simply about uh, uh, Jesus the. The, the human person but rather Jesus as he is the Christ as is God's anointed one um, the person who um, through whom God and his redeeming purposes through for all creation and for all people is actually made manifest that what God has done to make his world right has been achieved through Jesus Christ and and when we think about Christology, we're wanting to be able to to answer that question or to be able to clarify what is it that actually means? What is it that Christ has done? Namely, if I can understand rightly who Jesus is, I can get a clearer picture about what it is that God has done through him. And Christology seeks to answer that question and unpack it in its fullness because that's a big question. And so uh, Colossians, as we want to know, uh, has a lot to uh, to achieve or to to explain in this, and what we mean by say like a high Christology. Some people would say if you're talking about low Christology, that we're really only talking about Jesus and that we don't think of him particularly as or in any meaningful sense divine. He was merely human. Um, but if you're thinking about a high Christology, you're thinking about um, Jesus. Uh, Not merely as human, though he was, but indeed divine, God's only Son, Um, unlike any other person or any other angelic being or anything else in all creation that we could point to and say, "Here's this. Here's this. Here's this." Christ is above all of them. Uh, That that he shares in a unique and exclusive way uh, God the Father's divinity, Uh, and that. Uh, so when we think about a high Christology, we're thinking about that in those terms. And so, especially as we just, uh, studied uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1 yesterday, we realized that it presents a very, very high Christology, which is uh, especially useful for us because it guards against the temptation for us to be thinking about Jesus as merely human. Um because by the time that we start thinking about him as merely human, we're not going to be able to see or understand or appropriate or grasp what it is that God himself has done through Christ, uh, through Jesus. Uh, we're going to trivialize it, write it off, not believe in it. But if we do, that's uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an essential key to... Uh, us living or towards our Christian living, excuse me. I think I need another sip of coffee or less coffee. I don't really know at this case, but I'm going to try. All right. And, uh, and so we're going to get a lot more of that today for sure. But what I want us to actually pause before we get into the text is to get maybe what would hopefully be a little bit clearer picture of the angle at which why a high Christology would be so important for the residents, for the this church in Colossae. And um, I think the angle that we want to approach it as is that, so uh, let me use this example. Um, Christian missionary work in a in, in a context of someplace like India has a unique challenge because arguing that Jesus could be divine is not very hard. It's actually quite easy to be able to accept it, especially if you can demonstrate all the relative merits about Christianity, following Jesus, uh, so that within a Hindu- Hinduistic context that is, that is deeply polytheistic, it's not a stretch, so much of a stretch to uh, attribute divinity to somebody like Jesus and for people to accept it. The unique problem within a context like that that is very polytheistic, is that they already have uh, an idea, a rough and ready idea of thinking of the whole world as divine, where uh, nature and its forces are all populated and bubbling with all kinds of divine spirits, which we come to recognize if we're thinking in polytheistic terms, in a rough and ready way called paganism, where the whole world—it's um, an understanding or a worldview that looks of, of all the world and everything that it does as being motivated or um, rather animated by uh, by different types of spirits. Fate, as it were, would even be fall under that that category, where. Uh, however things go, the roll of the dice or um, whatever the the gods are up there, they do what they want to do, and we're all at the mercy of them. But that there's certain ways, certain things that you can do in order to sort of placate the gods or or, um, propitiate them to assuage their anger and to uh, be uh, in good terms with all the gods. Uh, to set them at ease, as it were. Because if you know anything about the gods of old, they are cranky old farts. Um, and they're they're not necessarily more moral in the way that we would think about like the god of the Judeo-Christian heritage as being righteous, but they're really just more like beings like you and me, but just more souped up and more powerful. Um, that's the way in which they're thinking about the gods, but I digress. Now... Think about this when it comes down to polytheism and uh paganism, it can be very easy to be able to uh take the claims of someone like Christ, think of him as divine, and still be holding on to all of the um the rules and the superstition and the uh the pagan baggage that you've taken along and just basically thrown Christ into that bag, jumbled it up, and then use Christ to your benefit um, as a way of, of just, just adding to the mix, as it were. And can you see at this point about why it is that a high Christology is something that is so important to guard against a philosophy like that, that is accustomed, rather it encourages, to, to say... If the whole world is divine and it's populated with all these forces that are out of my control, but I can do something to sort of protect myself from them, then um I can just take this Jesus, add it to the mix, and then then I'm just going to be all the better um it's It's a world that that is inclined that that in the same way that you have sort of like insurance for uh, your car and your health and your home and that sort of thing. That uh, that by by having lots of insurance for all these different things, it's like you're hedging your bets of protection around you, yourself. It's the same way, the same sort of attitude of protection that 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 people have towards the gods. Uh, that they're accustomed to thinking about in these terms, and it can be easy to be then thinking about. Adding Christ or adding anything else uh, into the mix as just one more layer of protection, and high Christology will have none of it, because uh, because if Christ is truly Lord, uh, he what he has accomplished has put these uh, worldly forces that animate the whole universe right under his feet so that uh, that the Colossians by ha- virtue of having Christ no longer have to live in fear of all of these forces as they, as it were um, that ha- have the, the fear of them has once dominated their lives that by way of having a high Christology is the path towards peace that God desires for them And that's immensely important, especially as we're thinking uh, Halloween is less than a month away. And even if, uh, for those of us, perhaps most of us, who don't think of a a celebration like Halloween as anything more than just um, costumes and candy, gets around to thinking about the way in which uh, images of paganism, the occult are just more frequent, and we begin to think about them a little bit more frequently than what we otherwise would have a uh, A book like Colossians is I think a very useful thing uh, in the way in which that it's going to give us clear thinking in the way Paul wants the Colossians to have clear thinking about uh, this world in which that they were brought out of and indeed Christ rescued them from and so Uh, With that in mind, let's read through Colossians chapter 2 and get a feel for, or get a view towards Paul's high Christology and how that would make sense in a context that is uh, just, that is saturated with this uh, uh, polytheistic pagan thinking. So, with this in mind, we'll read through Colossians chapter 2. And and it says, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all hidden are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, so in other words, uh in order to be able to know the mind of God, the will of God, the mystery of god, um, they were at one point needing to access have access points to different gods and different powers of the world, uh but all of that, where he's saying. You don't have to be uh, going in this direction or that in order to be able to find the sort of thing you need, namely the mind of God and the will of God. Those things are revealed in Christ, uh, so that uh, they don't have to be dependent in the way that they were with uh, going to this priest or that priest in order to be able to to find out, because it's revealed in Christ. Uh, but let's continue. Does I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than Christ. For in Christ, listen to this, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised, in the putting off the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith, in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. I pause here just to to make a, a what I think is a very relevant point is that the picture that paul has 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 made or as has has pointed out where um we're thinking about how is it that we can have actually have access to the mind of God or the will of God um, and indeed have right relationship with God is not one where, as it would be in paganism is more about our efforts and placating the gods and and cajoling them in order to so that they could tell us what it is that they want Think about the Ouija board where you have to be able to get this thing out and you know uh um uh go in in some sort of initiated way in order to be able to to get to know the like the you know the minds of the spirits and and finding out what things are going on that is antithetical it is a a total opposite of the way in which paul describes it that is we aren't trying to reach up to god but if jesus in the who who is all the fullness of deity that lives in bodily form that tells us we haven't gone up to god but rather god has come down to us ah that a characteristic thing that would separate true christianity true life of following Jesus is one that is characterized first and foremost from beginning to end of one of profound divine grace. Uh, we cannot overlook how in the way in which grace is an, a, 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 a distinguishing feature to the, the, the Christian faith that separates it from um, all other schemes. Of, of religion and worship, but let's continue. It says this, verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, mailing it to the cross and having disarmed The powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The the disarming the powers, it's like an image of the way in which there's uh, uh, been an army and its officials that have uh, overwhelmed and overcome uh, their enemies and taken off all of their weapons and stripped them naked so that they are utterly powerless against their foes. Um, That's what Christ has done over these powers through the cross, which um, I think adds a fitting image behind what Paul will say elsewhere, is that if Christ is for us, who can be against us? Or rather, if, um, if we submit to Christ and his lordship, What do we honestly have to be afraid of? Ah, but let's continue. Uh, So, uh, verse 16. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. No Christ, no, no Christ plus. Uh, that's uh, otherwise they would be disqualified, uh, which is a terrible thing. But let's continue. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not taste, do not, or do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Now, with this, we're going to close, and Paul is obviously going to continue this argument uh, through into chapter 3 but i think it's valuable for for our purposes today to uh to just see the way in which this high christology of paul has made such a profound difference um it is good theology for 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 right living in a chaotic universe um <laughs> uh, where uh despite all of the things that frankly are so often, more often than not, out of our control. Um, it is a good thing, a necessary thing. In order to to live a life of peace, we have to submit to God, His lordship as the Prince of Peace, um, who has disarmed the powers and the authorities and made them a public spectacle by triumphing over them over triumphing over them through the cross. So, thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions. Uh, if you haven't, I encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel and check us out. Uh, also, our podcasts that are available. And also consider uh, supporting us uh, financially through uh, this church planning work here in Whitley County and Huntington County. And what, whatever, come what may, uh, I pray that God would bless you and that he would continue to use each and every one of you as we're a part of what God is doing in growing mature disciples and being a part of what God is doing here. So God bless you. Take care. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time.